thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. I'm Damian Kristoff. And I'm Brett Hill. And this is the Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into our lives. And today we have Damian Kristoff, who is going to introduce our very special guest. <laughs> that was weird. Uh, hey, it's, we it's, have it's you know it's, it's switchy, switchy, swatchies. So we have a uh, a great bloke. Uh, now I met this guy. I was traveling to Bali, Lawrence's second home. I was going to Bali <laughs> last year for a little holiday, and we flew out of Sydney. And we we flew up to Sydney, and we had a bit of a waiting time. And I looked across the the walkway, up the runway, and there's this redheaded kid cuddling his bike, like literally cuddling his bike. And I was like, man, that guy loves his bike so much. It was almost it was almost as affectionate as an as a honeymooner hugging his bike. And I thought, wow, what the heck is all that all about? So I just watched him and he was all kind of, you know, a bit edgy and he looked a bit excited and he was kind of walking around on his tippy toes and I thought, oh hopefully I'll get a chance to chat with this guy on the plane. Well, it turned out that he sat in the same row as what Amber, Jack, and I sat in um, on the plane, and uh, we managed to find out more about this fella, and it turned out that he was going across to Bali to race in a triathlon in Bali. Now, I said, do you think you'll win? He said, yeah, I'm going to win it. And I said, really? And he goes, yep, I'm going to go there and try and win. I've got to beat my coach. And uh, it turned out that his coach beat him, but he came second, and so that was a great event. I thought, wow, this kid's actually pretty good. So... Um, we just got talking and I asked him a bit about his diet as I would and I asked him a little bit about his nervous system and spine as you'd expect me to do that, and especially if I've got six or seven hours with somebody. And uh, and he went on to say that his diet, and I'll just say right now, it was absolute crap. And, uh, and then his posture was pretty poor. So I said, dude, you need to get your nutrition fixed. You need to get your, your spine and your nervous system sorted out and then you'll be good. And he did. And now... He's doing great, Gun. So I'd like to welcome to the show. I know a long introduction, probably the longest introduction in the history of the wildest guys, but that's the short and the long story because I know if Nate told the story, it would go for longer than that. Everybody, we have Nate Walsh in the house. Welcome to the couch and the wildest guys, Nate Walsh. How are we, guys? How are we tonight? Fantastic, man. Good, Fantastic. Mate. I'm glad you finally got to speak. So <laughs> <laughs> I just, I've been yeah. busted doing an intro for such a long time because so. <laughs> I'll probably never get another one. You've only got a couple of minutes left to talk, Nate, so we better get straight into it. Mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's get stuck into it. A couple of minutes left. <laughs> oh, I love it. Now, Nate, um, when, do you remember that day when you were cuddling your bike? I do remember that day. Um, and to be quite honest, I was probably quite a little bit tired because I'd flown from Melbourne that morning. Um, um, and so I was tired, nervous, um, stressed about my bike being snapped into 10 different ways and shapes and forms because I'd heard all these bad stories. Um, but yes, of course, obviously, I, I got the chance to sit next to Damien on the plane. Um, and I thought, this guy is a guru. He's, he's, a, he's a master. He knows. He obviously knows his stuff and being from a background of... See, how's that? <laughs> how's that? I, I didn't even write that. I didn't, I didn't that. tell him. He really doesn't, seriously. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I didn't. He, he, he didn't text me or anything. That's, that's sort of how it works. He'll pay you but, later. Um, He'll pay you later. Yeah, thanks, Nate. Good work. Good work. Now, Nate, I did recommend to you that you change your diet. Now, can you just, you know, probably in less than a minute, share with us uh, what your diet used to be like and then what recommendations were made to you uh, from a naturopath uh, to get yourself sorted? Um, yeah, so essentially my diet uh, when I started off was very heavy heavy in carbs, uh, heavy in sugar. Um, I was training a lot 
and basically I was eating a lot, but I wasn't eating the right food. Um, after sort of consulting a naturopath, um, I found that there were a lot of different ways that I could eat less, but eat the better food and get the same amount of energy that I was trying to get out of the food that I was eating currently. So, um, Nate, is, is it okay if we can just tell the audience, like, what kind of foods were you eating? Like, in a day, you know, typically, what would you be eating? So, my day would usually start off at about 10 to 5 in the morning. Um, so, I'd be getting up and having a bowl of whatever cereal I could find in the cupboard. So, i.e. muesli, crunchy nut, nutri-grain, um, anything like that. Um, usually with a whole bunch of honey or Milo sprayed across it just to give it a bit of extra kick. Mm. Um, I'd go and train. Wow. Um, I would essentially get back in the car um, feeling quite healthy about myself, being trained for an hour and a half or two hours in the pool. Um, I would eat a banana or an apple on the way home to sort of go, well, that's my health food for the morning. Um, I'd come home and have probably, I don't know, eight to ten bits of toast um, with butter, jam. Um, I'd have another bowl of cereal um, while I was sort of sitting there watching TV or doing homework. Um, lunch would come around about one o'clock. Um, I'd have probably two rounds of salad sandwiches or steak, leftover steak from the night before or whatever. Um, and probably a couple of coffees between after practice and before my next practice in the afternoon. Um, and dinner would roll around. Dinner would really be the only thing that, well, whatever mum cooked, I would eat. So it would be either a heavy pasta dish, um, heavy in sauce and um, sort of, you know, packet pasta, um, not obviously fresh pasta, just the stuff you get from, um, you know, the refrigerator section at the supermarket um, and, you know, a packet sauce on top of that and that would be my dinner. And it wouldn't be like a small serve, it would be, I'm talking quite a serve, probably about three people's worth of serve. And that would be a general day, um, plus muffins, muesli bars, chocolate bars, whatever I could find that would keep my uh, hunger going or keep me uh, sort of full um, and, for the day. And so, Nate, is that like was that sort of recommended to you? Like, were people telling you, "Well, this is what you have to eat because you've got to get all these carbs in so that you can perform"? Or, you know, had you kind of done your own sort of self-directed study, or were you just kind of eating that because that's just what you ate? Um, I think it was a lot of just what I ate. Um, I did have a lot of coaches and people with the nutrition advice going, no, you just have to get the calories in. It doesn't matter where it comes from. You just have to get the calories in. Um, so my take on that was, okay, well, let's just eat everything in the cupboard and see what we come up with. It's, uh, it's pretty concerning, isn't it, Nate, Dog? Because what you tend to find is that uh, the recommendation is to eat a whole lot of calories from carbohydrates. And many people, and we've been through this a, a million times on The Wellness Guys, that it, you, everyone's been saying eat carbohydrates because that's immediate food and that's your fuel and you get access to heaps of energy straight away. But, mate, even though you had all that energy going into your body, all, all that fuel going into your body from carbohydrate fuel, did you find yourself fatigued a lot? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I obviously I've been doing um, triathlon for a long time and I'm sure we'll get into that in a bit later. But, um, you know, even from a young age, I would just eat stack loads of food, but I would always cramp during training. I would always be at, wouldn't be able to complete training fully. I'd have to back off halfway through or I'd get a second wind if I had an energy gel or something like that. Yeah, I would have thought um, you would have had quite a lot of wind from all that diet that you're having. 
Well, yeah, you could, you could probably say that. Um, you may have gone faster. My, uh, yeah, exactly. You would have had, like, um, jet propulsion. You would have been crop yeah, dusting yeah. in the pool. There's a long jet of just bubbles coming from, uh, from my rear end. Probably from the, from and the and your legs pool. weren't kicking. I no, my imagine. legs weren't kicking. Um, but, yeah, for sure, like, I, I think that was one of the major reasons why I seeked um, more nutritional advice um, when I started getting a little bit more serious with my triathlon um, because I wasn't being, I wasn't able to perform to what I found my potential. And obviously I had all these massive goals that I wanted to achieve um, within my career. And, and that sort of played heavily on my mind, not, not being able to do anything. And I think that's what predicted a lot of people to say, oh, he's probably not going to make the next step yeah. um, from age group to elite athlete. Um, purely just the fact that I wasn't performing and they were just thinking that my body just wasn't capable of doing it whereas it was actually the food that I was putting in wasn't the right way to be doing it. So, Nate, what did you notice? Like when you actually changed your diet, what, what was the first thing you noticed and, and how quickly did you notice the changes? Um, well, essentially the naturopath I was seeing um, told me to cut sugar completely out of my diet. <laughs> um, so the first thing I noticed was the headaches the cravings um obviously um there are a couple of days where i just be like look i just need a, a teaspoon of sugar like even if it's a tiny bit just to get me through the day and i kind of weaned myself completely off sugar um probably within the first two weeks of seeing the nutritionist naturopath i was seeing mm-hmm. um and but already i was seeing that i was able to sleep better um so i was getting up in the morning fresher um, I was making more clearer choices when, you know, um, I wouldn't just get up early, like get up 10 minutes before I had to be in the pool or 20 minutes before I had to be in the pool and, and shove food in my mouth. Mm. Um, I would actually make something the night before that was nutritious um, and following the guidelines that I'd been given um, through certain recipe books I'd found um, and that sort of thing. I found great little ideas for little snacks and uh, I'd talk to athletes who were on similar sort of diets and that sort of thing and kind of got their take on how things would work and, you know, where I could find um, the best nutrition for me. And the way it works, obviously, nutrition is very personal for every athlete. Um, and I've definitely found that. So when you so, got yeah. rid of sugar, um, was that a really hard thing for you to do? You, oh, you find yeah, it addictive? Sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, um, I think... I was having so much sugar that the reason why I was getting headaches, it was almost like withdrawal symptoms, like, you know, quitting smoking or something like that. <laughs> like, you know, like it was cutting out all essentially cutting out ridiculous amounts of my diet that I was depending on to get me through training. So there was probably a month or two there where, yeah, the, the training that I was completing, I might not have finished my training, but the training that I was doing while I was doing training was, was better. Um, I was more energetic. I was able to go faster. My times were being smashed in the pool, on the bike, on the track running. Um, and I just felt more energetic without having that, that artificial kick from sugar and sugar related products, I guess. Mm. So what were some of the results that you got? Like in terms of, I mean, obviously, as you said, you got more energy from your training. What were some of the results and did it translate into competition? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I was racing age group at the time and probably getting, you know, before all this stuff happened before Bali, I was probably, you know, a good top 20, top 10 athlete in my age group. Mm -hmm. Um, I went from 
doing that and struggling through the triathlon, like going well in the swim, not that I'm a swimmer per se, um, you know, stomping the bike and then getting on the run and cramping on the run and having to sometimes walk to the finish line, you know, in, in a short distance race, which isn't that really, really isn't that far. Um, I was winning my age group and not just winning my age group, but I was winning it by quite a margin. Um, and I was, you know, if I had a 30 second or a, a, even a minute, minute and a half deficit, I was able to chase, um, chase those guys down just purely because I had this un- abundance of natural energy that I didn't know where it was coming from, but I knew that it was essentially because I'd completely done a, a, a 180 in terms of, um, the nutrition advice that I'd been given, I'd use it to my ability and, and I was becoming a more competitive athlete. Um, so that's where I was seeing a lot of different changes just in PBs, in time trials and races and stuff like that. Nate, uh, it appears to be very obvious that uh, as soon as you cut back your food intake but kept your calories more appropriate, you're able to get your body to the condition that you needed to get it to. Now, I understand... I was reading a uh, a little article last night. Um, oh, it was in the New York Times, I think it was, and and it was it was uh, talking about the competitive nature of um, the Tour de France cyclists, and that each each of these guys were trying to outdo each other, and they had all these particular different attributes, and then if they didn't have these genetic um, predispositions to be super excellent, they had to go and you know do things differently. Now, where I'm going with this is that you were able to work out that by decreasing your food intake, you were able to get the body shape that you needed, you were able to get um, more energy, the energy that you required, and you were able to get the longevity that you needed. So you improved your power, you decreased your weight, and you got more energy. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. Like I was probably pushing late 60 kilograms, so 69, 70 type of area. Um, I cut my weight right back down to about 64, 65, but I was able to run faster and I was able to to bike faster. I was able to hold energy better and I wasn't relying a lot on stuff like energy gels, you know, dumping a whole bunch of, um, you know, uh, rehydration powder or carbs or anything like that. A lot of people, guys would be like, Oh, Nate, you're only having, you know, half a scoop of something in your, in your drink bottle. Um, whereas most of the other guys would be putting four or five different products into a drink bottle for a 20 K race. I was able to put half a scoop of something, you know, say like an, uh, an injury rehydration powder or something like that, um, to get those electrolytes in, I was able to use less of that, which meant my stomach was empty, which meant, um, I was able to use my own body energy rather than relying on products and sugar to get me through races. It's nice. So, uh, so Nate, I was actually talking to Kim Morrison today, and she's you know our resident sort of marathon runner on the couch, and she, yep. she, uh, I actually just ran the city to Bay today in Adelaide, and uh, and so she sent me a message today challenging me that next year I should do a half Ironman with her, which to be honest scares me a bit because I'm a pretty terrible swimmer, and uh, the bike, the only bike I own has a kiddie seat on it and a trail along on the back, and so I don't do a lot of bike riding. So for someone who's just wanting to start out and thinking they might like to get into triathlons or Ironmans, like how do they start? Like how do you get into it? How do you start training? What do they need to do first? Um, well, I think the first thing is you have to be a pretty crazy individual. 
Um, I don't. <laughs> um, I reckon I got that bit covered, Nate. I, yeah, actually yeah. Ran, I ran the twelve k city debate today with no shoes on at all. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I think Nothing. I, I think Jeepers. I saw that somewhere. And, so I've probably um, got the crazy bit covered. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, <laughs> I think you need to shave your beard to get more aerodynamic in the water too. I, I, yeah. I'm unbearded, guys. The beard really? came off today. Oh, there you go. Serious? No beard, haircut, everything. I actually, really? I actually look slightly less caveman today. Wow. <laughs> anyway, I think we're getting off track. Sorry, sorry, Nate. I've heard a lot of guys. I've heard a lot of guys on the Tour de France and 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 triathlon stuff growing the beard. So the beard could be coming back. That's what I've heard anyway. Um, yeah, like I think um, to start off with, um, you definitely need to look at getting um, in towards a squad. Um, or some like a local triathlon club um, that holds, you know, different events like the Gatorade Triathlon Series in Melbourne, um, you know, local tri clubs like the Bendigo Triathlon Club or Latrobe Valley, um, this is in Victoria, um, that hold regular events. Um, and just go and just go and sign up for one. Um, you know, I've seen guys ride 20K on BMX bikes and mountain bikes and stuff like that. Yeah, even ones with kitty kitty trailers on the back and stuff like that. Um, it's just getting in there and getting it and, and getting it done. Um, in terms of the tr- and and just doing it for for the fun of it, just as a challenge, using it as a challenge. Um, obviously, if you've never done one before, there is a training aspect of it. So I would probably suggest to someone, you know, my um, partner who I've been dating now for a few months. Um, she's starting to get into triathlon and I'm just suggesting to her, you know, pick an event and then backdate about eight weeks mm. um, and then train three consistently three or four times a week. doesn't have to be twice a day or ridiculous amounts like um, sort of an elite athlete would do, but just to get your body adjusted to doing three sports in one event. Well, um, that's, that's usually so- the, the biggest thing. The biggest problem is that people can't sort of do a swim, a bike, and a running one particular event. Um, so it does take a little bit of training, a little bit of time. Well, Nate, when I started, I remember doing this probably th- three or four years ago, I did a sprint triathlon. And I think that's probably yep. a good start, Brad. I think they're great. They're just more like a shorter version of a triathlon. And uh, it's a great yeah. way just to kind of get going. And it's not long, but it's still pretty tough. We've never done anything like it. It's more the combination. I, I felt the training was okay. But then when you combine all three, yeah. like when you're le- during the transition and your legs are going that's, wobbly after the bike, man, that's, that's what I'm worried tough. about. And, and I don't think Kim's going to let me get away with a sprint triathlon. She's pretty keen on this half Ironman, which was like a... I don't know what she said. I think she said it was a 1.9-kilometer swim and a half marathon and a 90K bike ride or something like that. She said that three <laughs> me today. I was like, fire out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I think um, I dabbled into the, the half Ironman stuff when I first started taking triathlon competitively. Um, and, yeah, it's a tough event. It's a grueling event. Um, and obviously there's a double distance, which is like the Ironman distance. Um, which is essentially the half Ironman doubled. Um, and, you know, it's, it, they're tough events. And, yeah, the sprint distance aspect of it is quite quite daunting for people who have never done it. But, yeah, to do a half Ironman or even a full Ironman where you've never done triathlon before, yeah, I, I would agree with Lawrence um, in terms of getting into the, the shorter stuff first and then, and then building up to a half Ironman or a full Ironman. All right, well, hopefully Kim's listening to this because I know she does. So. Yeah, that's right, Kim. Yeah, make sure you give us a five-star rating, Kim. <laughs> Nate, Nate, Nate uh, we've touched on the nutrition. We've spoken about the training. We've told, we've told people how they can get started. 
in terms of physical ability and in terms of flexibility, the, your body's ability to um, meet the demands and to get full range of motion, all those sorts of things, how have you found chiropractic's benefited you? Um, yeah, well, I think you mentioned uh, right at the start of um, the the podcast um, that you know my posture was quite terrible, and I would I would tend to agree with you with that. Um, you know, I wasn't a great swimmer, um, and I've found that using chiropractic care in a way of in um, obviously increasing range of movement through um, the body um, means that I'm able to swim a lot faster. Um, and obviously just everything from the transition between the three sports, um, having everything aligned, like your hips aligned, you know, um, your, your back or, you, you know, your spine all straight and, and narrow, that, that really helped me um, perform, you know, day in, day out, week in, week out. Um, you know, I've been training twice, three times a day, seven days a week since May this year for the up and coming triathlon season. Um, and the triathlon season runs from sort of now-ish till about May next year. Um, and I won't get a break till then. So having that, you know, weekly adjustment, which is what my chiropractic suggested, chiropractor suggested for me is to get a weekly adjustment, um, has really helped me just get through the day-to-day grind of training. Um, you know, I do up to 35 to 40 hours a week of training. Um, and in some, in some build blocks and yeah, it definitely makes a massive difference just in terms of my body, just being able to just work a lot better, um, you know, circulation recovery, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then obviously tying that in with the, the naturopath and stuff, I've completely turned my ability as a triathlete around and, and it's for the better. Yeah, for sure. So with chiropractic, obviously, one of the things is, you know, you talked about alignment, but obviously you're increasing your nervous system and functioning abilities have also improved as well. Could you just talk a little bit about how that has affected you in terms of just notice? Have you noticed anything in terms of performance, the way the output of your muscles, the performance of it, and also the recovery of the muscles? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, So obviously, yeah, as you touched on the nervous system and stuff like that, um, I'm able to have a lot more energy, I guess, um, transfer. So, um, you know, backing up day in, day out, um, that's really obviously important. Um, so I feel that I'm able to recover a lot faster after sessions. Um, whereas previously before chiropractic parent, uh, care and stuff, um, I would find that I'd be sore for, uh, you know, three or four days and I wouldn't be able to train. Um, now I'm able to wake up the next morning just as fresh um, because I'm my my ability for my body to recover overnight is is um, a lot faster. If that kind of answers the question. <laughs> yeah, and it's so important when we talk about you know wellness in general, but also about chiropractic for people to understand that that it's not actually just about avoiding symptoms. It's not just about avoiding pain, but it's actually about optimizing performance. It's actually about about getting the best out of your health and getting the best out of your life. Um, so that you can do those things that you love doing. And obviously you love competing and doing triathlons. Uh, but for everyone sort of listening, it's important for them to understand that, you know, this can be actually a part of their life that helps them achieve all of their goals rather than just something they only sort of turn to when they want to stay out of pain. Yeah, exactly right. Um, and I've found that not just in training life, but in everyday life, you know, I'm able to 
you know, train and then have a, have a normal life. You know, I study um, full time at the moment um, with uh, massage. Um, and obviously, yeah, I have um, a partner in my life and I have family in my life and that sort of thing. And so those obviously um, lifestyle choices as well, that obviously the chiropractic care and, and the way my body's able to recover, I'm not tired, I'm not lethargic and I'm able to focus and do my everyday stuff as well as train and race. So Nate, I mean, obviously you train a lot, especially, you know, in your stage of your career at the moment, how do you balance training and lifestyle? You know, now um, that you've got a relationship and everything. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's a, it's always a question that comes up um, when family friends and stuff um, chat to me on the, you know, family functions and stuff. Oh, how do you do it? Um, it's quite, it's quite difficult sometimes. Um, there's a lot of sacrifices that have to be made. Um, when I started racing age group, um, and I was getting quite good, I made the choice to change coach and move to the elite level. Um, I had to sit down with my parents, um, and I was single at the time. Um, and I had to sit down with them and say, well, can we do this? Can our lives revolve around my choices for the next, however long it's going to take me to get to the pro level or to the elite level? Um, Obviously, yeah, there's a few birthdays, weddings, you know, um, parties and stuff that I just I just can't go to. Um, that, but I have to choose. I have to make the choice whether training is more important or, um, you know, having a social life, as I say. Um, but I'm able to um, obviously work my work schedule like with uni um and study and that sort of thing and have a life obviously with a girlfriend and stuff like that um i'm able to work that in as long as everyone kind of knows that triathlon comes first it's just about prioritizing really so nate one thing i'm curious about obviously we've spoken a lot about how this has affected your athletic performance and how this has affected you and your triathlons but what else have you noticed in the rest of your life like in terms of you know just playing with your kids and energy and work and all those sort of things um, what else have you noticed in terms of changes from, you know, obviously the chiropractic and the dietary changes you've made? Um, I think I'm able to make a lot more um, focused choices when it comes to um, obviously, yeah, having that that work training life balance. Um, you know, I do have a lot more energy. Um, I used to be, you know, come home from training absolutely tired um, and you know, my parents would be like, oh, we have to go here. And I'm like, oh, can I just sleep? <laughs> like I've just trained for like five hours. But now it's uh, the ability to recover faster means that, yeah, I can go out for an extra couple of hours and do something with the family. You know, um, my mum is family um, in particular. She's one of 11. Um, so, you know, I have a lot of cousins and, and now the older cousins have got little kids and stuff. And me being the young, youthful, fit person has to run around with them. Um, and I think that's the chiropractic and, and the, the nutrition advice that I've got um, gives me the ability to actually, um, you know, I guess if you could say perform or, or do those and, uh, you know, and have fun with, with family and, and stuff like that and just be an enjoyable um, person to be around, not this cranky triathlete that's like, oh, I've got to get home and, and, you know, get to bed and stuff. Like, obviously, I'm very strict with that kind of stuff. Um, and my family's been very accepting of that. Um, but at the same time, I'm able to kind of do family things at the same time. That's great. I mean, one of the things that most people don't know, obviously, you're, I think, believe you're 19 years old. Is that right? 
Uh, no, I'm actually 24. 24. Okay. So yeah. I got misinformation there. So I just wanted <laughs> at, at 24 years old, like obviously you're, you're pretty driven and you obviously made a commitment and has values in terms of, you know, making this as a career and also a, a really important path for you. You know, do you always have this drive? We'll leave this as a last question, but do you always have this drive? Where does it come from and how, you know, what can we learn from and how do you teach people that drive and, and ambition? Um, I think the drive and ambition has definitely come from, um, wanting to essentially make my family proud. Um, I'm a very big family person. I'm obviously coming from a massive family and that sort of thing. That drive and determination, I think, has been passed on to me by my um, biggest mentors, obviously my mum and dad. Um, very right from a young age, myself and my sister, um, we were always in sport. I took it a little bit further, obviously, than my sister did. Um, but you know, that, that ability again to just get up every morning and stuff. It's hard. Like I have days where I wake up and I'm like, I don't want to go outside. It's 10 degrees and it's really, it's raining and stuff. But I think that drive and that goal that I've set to become a professional athlete um, is yeah driven always home by mum and dad saying to me, you know, we're very proud of you. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's nice to have that, um, I guess, that uh, confirmation of what I'm doing is is the right path and the right choice. Um, I think you have to be a very um, positive person and a very optimistic person in terms of being able to say, yes, I can do this training. Yes, I can. Yes, it's hard, but I, I want to do it. Um, and it's it's driven right through life as well, like, you know, taking on study on board and stuff as well. Um you know, I'm always studying really hard and, and that's the thing to obviously weigh up or balance up the, the training outlet because if I get injured or, or something happens to my career and, and, it, and it does happen to end quite suddenly, I need to have that backup. And I think that's always been a really important thing for me to understand is that triathlon is a job and it's a career and that's what drives me but also having that outside influence from my parents and, 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 and people who I go to school with and, and that sort of thing, um, they, that really helps me bring it all back in together and say, you know what, this is my goal. This is really what I want to do. Um, and it's a fantastic opportunity to represent myself and my family um, racing. For sure, for sure, Nate. That's uh, it's a lot of passion there, a lot of excitement. Now, we're about to wrap up, but where to from here, Nate Dog? Last year you came second in the Elite. What are you going to do this year, really quickly? Um, so this year I'll be racing on the Elite Circuit um, in Victoria and all across oh, no, Australia. Quickly, quickly. Um, so that's basically it. <laughs> uh, no, come on. Are you going to win some? What's going to happen this year? Um, our aim this year is You're to right. get top 10, top come 5. On. Come on, um, Top That two. is my top aim. One. Top Look, I'd love to win an event. I'd love to win an event. That's obviously my goal. Um, so that's something that we're working on. All right. So Nate, if we're gonna follow, if people want to follow you, what you're what you're doing, and when you take that top podium, uh, where where should they follow you? What website or uh, Facebook page should they go to? Um, so I've currently got a website. Uh, it's www.nate-walsh.com, um, and that has that will have um, all my Twitter, Facebook. Um, all my blogs on there so they can follow me on Tumblr um, and my personal blog on the website. Um, and yeah, and just email me, if, um, which is all on the website as well. Excellent. Thank you so much, Nate. Really appreciate your time, your insights, and, uh, and you know, good luck with everything. 
No worries. Thanks for your time, guys. So join us on Facebook, uh, The Wellness Guys, or The Wellness Couch Facebook page. Like us there while you're there. Uh, make sure you share this podcast with your friends, your families, and other strangers you think that need a wellness update. So subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, leave a five-star rating because you know how date DK and loves his five-star ring. And I'll make sure you leave a comment <laughs> on iTunes as always. Until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives. Lead by example. And let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Guys Show. Hi, Brett Hill from That Paleo Show and The Wellness Guys here. Well, the Facebook buzz after the Wellness Summit has just been unbelievable. Deborah said the summit was inspiring and empowering. Jen Fellows said she learned so much amazing information that she thought her brain was going to explode. Well, hold on to your hat, because if you miss the summit, guess what? We recorded the entire lot so that you can have the summit in your living room forever. So to order the Wellness Summit 10 DVD home study program for just 197 bucks, simply go to www.thewellnesscouch.com and click on Shop. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter, The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.